Old School Lane Casual Chats is brought to you by OldSchoolLane.blogspot.com and is associated with Channel Frederator, Manic Expression, The Comic Book Cast, and The Araminta Show. Welcome to a new episode of Casual Chats. I am Patricia, and I'm back with Liam Higgins. So welcome back, Liam. Hey. And uh, we are here with a very special guest. Uh, we are here with uh, Nikita Kalam. So welcome, Nikita. Hi, thanks for having me. So yeah, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, where people probably know you from? Okay, uh, my name is Nikita Kalam. I'm from Los Angeles, California, originally, uh, like second generation LA. Um, and I am an actress, I'm a photographer and producer. Uh, my, my most um, known credit is I was the voice for young Nala in Disney's The Lion King uh, in 94. So the original animated uh, classic. Okay. Um, and I do TV and film and theater. All right. That's great. So, yeah, I think the first question that I, I would like to ask is, um, you know, what made you get interested in uh, going into acting? Oh, uh, well, I love to tell the story of when I was five and my mom had me in gymnastics and I was getting a, um, a photo shoot done for one of our shows that was coming up. And when the photographer came, I was like Miss Mealy Mouse not doing anything. And it was about to be a flop. And she put a mic in my hand. And I just came to life. And from then on, I've been in, she's like, okay, I'm going to put her in some dance classes and acting classes. And pretty much since then, I've been in entertainment. Awesome. Yeah. I guess, um, you know, at a young age, we all get to have the opportunity to showcase of what we can truly do. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just that one moment that can pretty much change your entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Continue. Okay. Um, well, I think 
being in LA is helpful. And then also a few of my family members were also in the industry. So in terms of like finding an agent and things like that, my mom really had a lot of support system around that um, in terms of, so I never did like the big um, sending out 10,000, you know, headshots or things like that. It was all kind of referral based. And then after that, then it's like your talent, whether they like you or not. Um, right. So that, that helped me get an early start pretty quickly. Yeah. Sometimes in the acting industry, it's about who, you know, as opposed to what you do. It's a relationship Ooh. business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, Liam and I have our kind of relationship with uh, the industry, you know, Liam's an actor mm -hmm. and I've done a lot of, um, you know, stage work with various uh, projects. And uh, when it comes to like, um, these kind of productions, uh, you know, I've learned over the past few years that I've been in school that Hollywood is a very tight knit community, um, mm -hmm. that it's about who, you know, as opposed to what, you know, and one effect can ripple over to the other. So you always have to have a professional attitude, whatever with you're yes. doing. It's a small community with a big mouth. So <laughs> the news you want to travel is not bad. <laughs> Right. You right. Wanna, you're, I, I usually tell my, cause I, I teach too. I usually tell my students, I ask them like, when does the audition start? And a lot of them be like in the room. I'm like, no, when you get out of your car, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually seen, um, when I've been on behind the scenes, I've actually seen some casting people out in the lobby, um, just chilling, checking out people and seeing how their just normal attitude is toward people. Um, mm -hmm. so it really is about just being your best self at all times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And especially in our social media where everybody is seeing what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're reacting yeah. to things. If, mm -hmm. I mean, even one slip up, there's a reason why the hashtag cancel culture and all those things exist. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember reading an article a long time ago regarding about a person who was, um, getting themselves ready for an interview and, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they did a really good job with the interview. They were get, they got the job, but then they started slipping up by acting very inappropriate by their lunch hour. The person got fired because they heard what mm. happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with like, you know, something that you even say on Facebook, or if you post a picture, it's like, if that comes out, I mean, because you know, LinkedIn, you know, you get to put your information into um, the system so that you could possibly have a potential uh, company looking at your work. They look at everything, Instagram, Twitter. That's why they they link all those things so that they can see all yeah. the things that you're saying and what you're doing. If one of those things pop up, and even if it's just one time like three years ago and you don't even remember, it's like that will come back and it'll affect you. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's all about just um, raising responsible citizens with empathy. I think I think cancel, cancel culture is a bit harsh. Um, I feel like, there should be some redemption or people growing and being able to make mistakes. Sure. Um, but it is, it is on there forever. So <laughs> when you, when you put stuff up, it's not like, Oh, well, I didn't say that. It was like, well, let me scroll back. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Liam, do you have a question? Uh, yeah. Um, seeing as we were talking about, you know, how in the industry, it's who, you know, I noticed, um, like, after the uh, Lion King, there was, like, a huge uh, period where you didn't do any acting. Uh, yeah. Was that due to a lack of industry connections, or was that just a break? 
No, I actually thank my mom for that because she was very, she was not a stage mom mm-hmm. and she was very in tune with what I wanted to do. So I, like I said, I didn't start, I started when I was five. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a lot of kid stuff that you're missing. That's a lot mm-hmm. of no sleepovers. That's a lot of no parties. That's a lot of you're working while people are like chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to high school, um, I started getting involved in theater really heavy. Um, so I was in like dance production and drama production and musical theater production. And then I was like, I mean, my, my family is very, has a very strong educational base. So college was not even an option of not to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really wanted to live the college life. I wanted to be on campus. Um, so I went to college and then I went to grad school. So that's like a big chunk of time of, Mm -hmm. um, kind of taking a step away and then kind of joining back in when I graduated from um, grad school. Okay. Yeah. So um, speaking of which, um, how did you get the audition for The Lion King? Uh, Well, I was with the agent. They were called Harry Gold back then. Uh, My agent was Ruth Hansen. And I went for an audition maybe two years before I booked it. And it was called The King of the Jungle at the time. So when I got a I got a call back a year later and it's called the Lion King. I didn't even know what it, what that was. And it was down to me and one other girl and they recorded us. Um, it was down to like, um, I think like the producer and the two directors, Roger Allen and um, Rob Minkoff. And they recorded us some of the lines from the, from the proposed script or whatever. And then, um, and then I, I booked it. I booked yeah. it. So they little it down. Um, and I didn't even know it was like the next, you know, the line of the classics. I was just like, Oh, I booked something. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't really until, well, when I got there, my first day, I told them what I was there for. And they're like, Oh, park here. park!" And I was like, okay. And then, <laughs> then James Earl Jones was leaving his session when I was going to my session. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then all my scenes were with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was like the big heartthrob back then. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't really until the um, premiere that I was like, oh, this is what I've been doing for the past couple of months slash year. Right. Yeah. I remember reading um, uh, an article or watching a documentary regarding about that. I think it was, I think it was Waking Sleeping Beauty, the the Disney documentary where they were like chronicling uh, when Disney was starting to release some of their more critically acclaimed films. And I remember that, you know, the, the story about the King of the Jungle and about the, eventually the Lion King, where it was supposed to be like a, a project that they were just working on the side because Pocahontas yeah, was their had- main focus. They had a really, the directors say this all the time. They had trouble like getting the animators on board. They were like, yeah, a coming of age story where the dad dies. And they're like, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think they called it like Bambi of Africa or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, nobody expected that it was going to be like the highest grossing animated film ever. <laughs> yeah. It really is special. And there's a lot of themes in it um, that really resonated with, all ages like at the premiere and even when they brought it back out in 3d so now we're like all grown um talking to people on the red carpet and i get i get random like um fan mail like oh my dad died around that time the lion king got me through it and just you'd be surprised how animation or you know something that you think is this simple little cute thing like touches people in different ways absolutely yeah 
So I think that, um, you know, with, um, you know, this particular role being most well known, I think that for a lot of other people that you've, I mean, just you mentioning before about photography and producing and acting in other roles. Now, I, I know in this particular industry, especially with everything that's been going on with Hollywood, as well as the the movement now, how would you say that, you know, things have progressed from when you were starting off from where you are now with, mm -hmm. especially with the, the movement that's been going on with the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, a whole bunch of information has been revealed that not a lot of people know about. Mm -hmm. And um, even with like um, the, the recent announcement about how even in the in, in animation that they're going to now focus on having... Uh, you know, certain characters portray as the respected um, race or gender, mm -hmm. you know, opening up a, a massive opportunity for actors and actresses mm -hmm. who are of that race or color or gender to get mm -hmm. that role. Uh, I'm sure that it's a big win for a lot of people because, um, you know, back then, especially like during the early times of cinema or television, you know, certain people of gender or race or religion mm -hmm. would be either side characters or they would be the best friend or they would be, um, well, other unfortunate roles. But or portrayed, or portrayed by other people like Cleopatra, like um, lots of Asian characters were not played by Asians. And right, right. It's like a long going thing with Hollywood. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, but now they're opening up to it, and they're yeah. they're going to have more people of diverse care, uh, you know, depictions to be portrayed. So, yeah. What is what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think that's the great thing about movements, right? Um, they shine a light on what's been going on, where the people who are affected by it have been witnessing it, and it kind of opens it up to a broader conversation um, where people, some people, just really don't know that it goes on, or or or, or you know close their eyes to it. Um, I've had a few instances, um, and I'm not alone in this, um, even in casting rooms, like we need you to sound more um, ethnic. We need you to be right. more urban or we need you to be more black. And I'll just say, oh, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Like mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes it's the microaggressions that allow something like a cop to sit on a neck and not really um, shock people. Because it's there's so many little things that are acceptable that the big thing is like, well, what did he do? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, he got killed. <laughs> right. A, a human killed a human, so that's a no-brainer. Um, sure. But like, for instance, the Me Too movement, I've heard a few stories from women who've had to, luckily, had a strong upbringing and had a lot of support. So they were able to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to take this off or no, um, the script doesn't call for that. Why are you, why do I need to do that? But in, in some instances for other people, that wasn't the avenue. And unfortunately they had some pretty scary instances, but when you shine a light on it, like me too, um, and just call people out when it happens. Um, Cause sometimes there's. Huh? Hello. Hello. Nikita. Um, out so uh, um i think you just broke off for just a second can you repeat that last sentence please oh i was saying that i think now with movements and shining light on things the conversation has become a little less 
tense in terms of people wanting to talk about it. Um, so I think there's more times for healthy calling out of things so that it doesn't happen. Because sometimes it's people's upbringing. So, I mean, not to sound, sometimes people really don't know, like that was racist, what you just said. Um, and sometimes it's not until somebody says, actually, that was kind of racist or that was kind of sexist. Yeah. And they've never been called out ever. Um, so now that people are calling people out now, it's a, it, it, now it's a decision. Okay. I know this is wrong now. So you can't use that as an excuse. Um, what are you going to do about it now when you gain the knowledge? Right. Right. Um, you have another question, Liam? Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I was just thinking, and I'm just curious, uh, <clears throat> I was going to say. Um, you want me to go back to you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well, I have, uh, so basically um, all the, um, now I'm actually curious about you were saying that not only did you uh, do all the previous stuff, but you're also a teacher and you also teach a whole bunch of students about acting. So yeah. what are the methods that you teach for your students uh, so that they can be able to get into the industry? Well, it kind of depends on the age. So if I'm working with college students, then I will, I mean, I'm from the Stanislavski method acting from my, from my grad school. So we'll go there with them. For um, younger students, it's more play, improv, um, um, audition techniques, starting to learn monologues, starting to do sense memory, starting to do scene study, you know, um, cold reading, all the things that kind of help them um, when they're not with me, like, deliver in the room okay yeah, yeah. have you heard any successes from any of your students uh, that, that you've taught so far yeah so one of my students um her very first audition she booked she booked cool. um the young Seely in one of the productions of the color purple oh nice so, mm -hmm. yeah so that was super exciting because we were working on her music and getting her songs together so it happened that i was working with her just in time um for this big audition she had coming up um and then a lot of the college students, as as you know, being a college student and then graduating, a lot of them are now like in the industry and it kind of um, as a teacher, you're like, wow, like you're just doing what you do, but you really are touching lives as a teacher. So that's it's wonderful. Really hum it's really humbling to get like emails or, you know, thank yous um, like maybe years down the line. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, did you find uh, did you figure out your question, Liam? Yes, uh, okay, actually, I was just curious. So, seeing as you've been to like many premieres, uh, and you know, you've worked with so many famous people, um, is there? And, and I mean, you've met like James Earl Jones. You know, you've met Jeremy Irons. You've met Beyonce. <laughs> well, I didn't meet her. She was there. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce. Anderson, right. We're we were breathing the same air. <laughs> but what I mean is, is there yeah. a uh, celebrity interaction that really sticks out to you? Actually, one of three that really stick out to me are not in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. I am still in contact with Roger, Roger Allers, Rob Minkoff, and Don Hahn, the mm -hmm. two directors and producer from The Lion King. All mm -hmm. these years, I was 12 years old when I first met them. Um, mm -hmm. Don Hahn wrote one of my letters of recommendation to college. Like mm -hmm. they've, oh, cool. they've, and because of social media, it's been a lot easier than back in mm -hmm. the day. It was like le writing letters and emails and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, 
but yeah, we've kind of maintained a relationship. They, they kept me informed in terms of this last, um, this last, uh, red carpet for uh, the Lion King, um, even making sure that I was invited to that. So that's, that's been the longest kind of relationship in terms of Mm -hmm. industry wise. And it's pretty cool that, um, that, you know, I was 12 years old and now I'm like 39. (laughs) Right. Well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I know that you've also done a lot of film as well. I mean, in addition to like the Lion King, so you've done like, um, various uh tv shows as well you were in the new perry mason show there's timeless and that one's coming out um my episode airs july 19th oh nice yeah perry mason yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i love i love period pieces so i was like in heaven on set there that's great yeah Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'm, I like to know, you know, uh, I'm sure that uh, people would be interested about the difference between working for a movie and a television show. Like, what were your experiences with that and interacting with the cast and maybe even the crew at, at, at times? Um, to me, interactions were kind of the same in terms of, you know, the AD meeting you, going in for your fittings. Um, once you're there on set for shoot day, they take you to your trailer and then move you on along to hair, move you on along to makeup, move you on along to rehearsal, then back to your trailer to wait some more hours <laughs> and then finally get to shoot. Um, I found that to be pretty much the same with TV and film. Now, where it was a little different is when I did, um, when I did like the three camera sitcom, that felt more like a play to me because okay. we had a whole week of rehearsal Um the first day was like a read through with the whole cast. Um, the writers were there rewriting. Even while we were shooting, the writers would come and like give you some other things that they think would pop. They think that joke would pop more or something. And then you had the live audience. So that felt like a play to me okay. with, with the three cam, you know, sitcom type environment. Oh, yeah, that sounds. Yeah, I've actually dealt a lot with doing three camera projects because um, uh, that's basically uh, currently what I'm doing at the moment. I'm a camera operator for various projects uh, for my school. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of familiar with that setup, especially with, um, you know, a a whole group of people around, uh, you know, watching something. So, yeah, Yeah. it it kind of feels right. And then it goes a little faster because they're getting multiple things that they need at once. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it doesn't tend to be as long of a day when it's yeah. that set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Liam? Um, okay, actually, yes. Um, you were also in a CB4, which has kind of become a cult classic. Yes. <laughs> uh, when did you find out that, there was, that it sort of gained a cult following, and what was your reaction to it? Well... To go even before that, it was so funny. When I auditioned, this is also what I tell my students, all you have to do is go in there and do it because there's so many things that Mm -hmm. go into casting besides talent. So I went in for a different role. Um, There's a family where he has like 10 sisters or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I auditioned for that. But I looked so much like who they had already cast as Chris Rock's mom and dad that Mm -hmm. they wrote wrote that role in for me um, Mm -hmm. because I just looked so much like that family. They were like, okay, he needs a sister. Um, right. and then when it came out, my mom, my mom had invited all the deacons and stuff from church and we went, to, we went to the premiere and she's like, Oh no, I gotta uninvite all these people. <laughs> um, 
but then growing growing up i started to you know appreciate the jokes and stuff because they went over my head when i when it came out right um but even now, like on one of the Blackout Tuesdays or something like that, where it was like buy black, um, people were posting Alan Payne's um, I'm black, y'all, and yeah. I'm black, y'all, and I'm black and black, and I'm black and I'm black. Yeah. <laughs> so it still gets referenced. So that's kind of cool. Neat. So, yeah, um, I, I always ask this for anybody who um, comes to the show and who is an actor or in the acting industry. So for anybody who wants to get in, uh, what advice would you um, give them so that they can be able to get their foot in the door? I think if you're like brand spanking new, no connections, no anything, I think being in classes really helps to get you sharpening your skills if you're not getting them sharpened on set. Um, and then I think, I mean, some people might turn their back, their nose up to this, but I think doing some background work in the beginning is helpful if, if you go there with the intention to learn, because then you get to see like, okay, what does on your mark mean? What does second team mean? What does first team mean? What does checking the gate mean? You get to learn all these, um, all this terminology without the uh, pressure of it being on you to perform. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it like that, starting out, I think um, classes, background work, um, and then with social media, start following the people that the careers that you like, um, mm -hmm. start looking at casting directors and interacting with their pages. It's so easy now, especially in this time of quarantine, mm -hmm. loads of casting directors have been doing open calls, open auditions, just mm -hmm. so they can, um, take advantage of this downtime. So you just gotta have a pulse to your, what is it, your ear to the pulse of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and reading up Hollywood Reporter backstage, mm -hmm. reading articles, um, yeah. staying relevant with your craft. Just like a doctor, just because a doctor's a doctor, he doesn't stop reading or she doesn't stop reading or having to take tests. Mm -hmm. Like I think acting people get kind of lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable especially yeah. um i i want to definitely emphasize on the whole even if even if a um a project that you're involved in doesn't pay you at all get involved yeah. with it because i remember when i was shadowing a radio station that there were uh for this local radio station around my town and they said that they do summer interns every single year for up-and-coming radio announcers and people who want to get into the radio industry and they yeah. always say that by the first two weeks when they hear the term that they're going to be learning and not get paid for their time they're gone because they're like, oh, really? I'm going to be doing this for like three months and I'm not getting a dime. But what they're missing out is, is that they are getting the experience now so that if they're good, they'll get paid later. Mm -hmm. And creating the relationship. Again, in relationships are really important. Yeah. Because, again, very similar to what we said in the previous episodes of our podcast, whenever that we have an actor here or anybody who's working in the industry, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And also, um, one other thing, uh, student films and grad films are great um, exercise for, yeah. um, for actors when you're waiting to be in some big audition room <laughs> yeah. because you're, you're getting to, again, it's one thing to sit at home, learn your lines, um, get it all down. And it's another thing with camera angles and, you know, looking at us at a, at a cue spot and not really the actor that you're talking mm -hmm. to. Um, it's like all this stuff on top of just knowing your lines, <laughs> right, the right. blocking, the blocking, hitting the mark. So student right. films and grad films are great. Absolutely. 
Actually, just out of curiosity, uh, have you done like background work, student films and grad films? Oh yeah, I did background work on commercials. I did background work on TV shows. Even when I was little, like I I did background work on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, <laughs> like if you go back and look at um, mm -hmm. just old TV shows, you'll see a lot of stars I, I doing know. background work. I yeah, know. it's uh, it's a it's a great way to kind of learn the ropes without the pressure being on you right yeah, you know, uh, brad pitt did like four mm -hmm. background work gigs I, i've done a lot of background work and brad yeah. and student films as well yeah um yeah yeah you you were um from what i remember brad, liam okay. grad films are good sorry grad films are good too because they're about to graduate and they they're they're like the next people you know yeah um, so those are good relationships to have Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's also the fact that, um, you know, th these kind of student films, even though that you're working on them in school, they're festivals that you can be able to showcase them. And who knows, maybe somebody is watching it and they'll be like, OK, there's 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 potential to be here. Let's see if we can be able to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ava DuVernay, she started out doing indies and she was like, what the heck? Submitted it to Sundance. Um, and you see where she's at now. So That's those true. people, in fact, the um, the guy who she um, picked to be in Selma, mm -hmm. he was he was in that indie film back in the day. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, the relationship. There you go. Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you have any other questions, Liam? Uh, no, I, I think I'm good. Okay, so yeah, I'm just gonna wrap it up. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, so basically, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on by. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, what? Uh, why don't you talk about um, your upcoming projects? Where can people find you at? Okay, so my Instagram is at Nikita Kalam, and that has a link to everything else. Um, like I said, Perry Mason, my episode is coming on July 19th. So it's episode five. They call them chapters. So episode five or chapter five mm -hmm. um, if on HBO. And then behind the scenes, I'm working on a docu-series, and we're in pre-production for that now. And I'll be posting um, the casting for that um, probably sometime this week. Okay, that sounds great. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, Liam, what do you got? Uh, again, uh, I, because of, I'm just finishing grad school, so I'll have to admit I, I haven't really focused on my acting career in a while, but sure. uh, I have been focusing a lot on my uh, booking podcasts career. Uh, so mm -hmm. you can email me at kpwhiggins at gmail.com. If you want looking, if you're looking for someone to book podcasts, or you can find me on my Instagram and and Facebook and uh, message me that way. All right, and uh, yeah, as for me, I guess I have to say the same thing. In which I've been pretty busy with school myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been, you know, because of um, you know everything that's been going on with um, you know the world. Uh, I don't even need to say it because it's there. But yeah, um, I was originally supposed to be doing some internship because I'm in that year of my school. But on, um, but I decided to take some summer courses, so that's been taking a lot of my time. But um, yeah, but I have been able to you know briefly update some stuff from time to time but yeah if you want to follow me um youtube.com slash old school lane facebook.com slash old school lane you can follow me on twitter at patty underscore b underscore miranda 
Um, I post the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, all those places. New episodes of my podcast will be there first, and then a few days it'll go up on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Let us know in the comments below about your favorite uh, projects that Nikita has been involved in. Maybe you were actually one of her students. Uh, you may want to give a shout out to her if you can. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you around soon and take care.